Welcome to the Book of Revelation, a series that's going to help us beware and be aware of the signs and the events, the spirit of uh, the end times, to be ready for that last day of the Lord, the day of judgment, the reappearance of Jesus, but also uh, in the in-between time, the time between the clouds, right? The cloud where Jesus ascends and the cloud where Jesus will reappear. Uh, We are called to be blessed, to not be afraid, because we belong to Jesus. Now, we've talked about this conflict between um, the triune God and the unholy trinity or the anti-trinity. And it's good for us to keep in mind that it's not, again, about uh, multiple gods in the universe in conflict. There's only one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, three distinct persons, one salvation plan. So it's not as if there is this triune God fighting against other gods uh, in this uh, universe, but rather it is the creator um, against the corrupted creation. This corrupted creation is made up of fallen angels. They're created beings led by the devil. Uh, the world system and our own sinful flesh, we are part of that rebellious uh, creation. Uh, now, this triune God is always about redeeming, recreating, a uh, big word, sanctifying, making holy this rebellious creation. But there is this, there is this conflict because of, because of sin. And the end goal of the unholy trinity, devil, world, and sinful flesh, uh, they're about murdering and killing and destroying and corrupting. Uh, their goal is idolatry. Always wanting to be the creator, you know, right? These creatures wanting to be the creator. Uh, and when they can't be the creator, they, they set up their own uh, identities as, uh, as gods, idols. Uh, we are led into sin. With that comes great shame. Uh, there's slavery with these false gods, separation from God, alienation from him. Apart from Christ, the scripture describes us as enemies of God. Their tools are lies and deception. And the end goal is misbelief, unbelief about what what the Lord Jesus has done against the person of Christ and the work of Christ. And when you don't have a faith in Christ Jesus, um, the natural end result is always despair. So you could call this conflict uh, as Trinity versus anti-Trinity, uh, there's the anti-Christ, anti-Messiah. Uh, there's also uh, these forces that are anti-church. So you have the church described in the book of Revelation, those belonging to the Lord Jesus through faith, this church under attack. Attack physically, yes, from outside, but also uh, attacks coming from within the church, within the religious system. Again, false Christs, false messiahs trying to lead the people of God uh, towards idolatry. But this church fights. So we are in this in-between time, between the clouds. We are the church militant, but with the promise that one day Jesus will reappear and we will forever then be a part of the church triumphant. So there's this now and not yet uh, idea. Yes, we are victorious. Yes, we have been purchased and won by Christ. But we're still kind of in the mopping up stage of the, of the fight, right? Uh, one day the fight will cease and we will be the church triumphant. Uh, 
So in Revelation chapters 12, 13, and 14, we see really uh, a nice summary of all of this. Uh, the imagery will be of that between the woman and a dragon, the beast out of the sea and the beast out of the earth, and the lamb and the 144,000. So let's take a look uh, at each of those chapters. In Revelation chapter 12, it says there, there's a great sign that was seen in heaven. And it says, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was with child, and she cried out in pain, laboring to give birth. So who is this woman? Well, I think there's a couple clues there. Uh, the chief one is this idea of the twelve stars. The twelve in the Old Testament refers back always to the patriarchs. Uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and from Jacob come the twelve sons, the twelve patriarchs, the children of Israel. And the promise given to this these children of Israel is that one day a child will come. A child will come from this family of Abraham, the one, tracing back to Genesis chapter 3, the seed of the woman that will come and crush the head of the serpent. Uh, and this serpent will make war and strike at this uh, child's heel. In other words, mortally wounding the, the son, but in the death of this son, the head or the authority of the serpent will be crushed. So you could look at this in Rome, Revelation chapter 12 as this woman pregnant would be uh, the promises given to uh, the family, the children of Abraham. Uh, you could say the Old Testament saints. Now, verse 3, conflict. Another sign was seen in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads seven crowns. And his tail drew one-third of the stars of the sky and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she gave birth, he might devour her child. So this dragon, we'll find out, will be the devil, Satan, always against uh, the second person of the Trinity and his work, looking to devour him. And you think about that moment when um, the Lord Jesus and his parents had to flee because Herod wanted to kill uh, any threat to the throne, the king of the Jews. Verse 5, it says, She gave birth to a son, a male child, who is to rule all the nations with the rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God and to his throne. So this is, again, the, a reference to the, the person and work of Jesus, coming in the flesh, born of uh, the woman, the virgin, throughout his ministry, working in his death and resurrection, conquering, and then 40 days after his resurrection, he ascends, he rules and reigns over all. Caught up to God, first cloud, caught up to God, to his throne. He rules and reigns. Now, there is this war during this period. It's described this way, verse 7, a war in the sky. And Michael, the archangel, and his angels made war on the dragon. And the dragon and his angels made war. And they didn't prevail, though. No place was found for them any more in heaven. The great dragon was thrown down, the old serpent, who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. So, very clear that this dragon is the devil, also called Satan. And what does he do? Well, he's the deceiver. He lies 
about the person and the work of Jesus, accuses the saints. So there's that legal idea of accusing the saints. Well, he's thrown down uh, to the earth. And so when the dragon is uh, thrown down to the earth, verse 13 says he's persecute, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. So now we have this uh, understanding that uh, the, the church is also often talked about as the mother uh, and we are part of Mother Church, right? So we are sons and daughters of God being birthed through the proclamation of the gospel that comes through Mother Church. So verse 17 says, This dragon grew angry with the woman and went away to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments and hold the Jesus testimony. So if you read Revelation chapter 12, there's these, this wonderful little... Uh, portion where there's that song that says, uh, they overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of the testimony. So we are in that church age, overcoming by the blood of lamb, blood of the lamb and giving testimony to who Jesus is. And the enemy, the dragon, Satan, uh, attacks this church, attacks it because it proclaims uh, the victory over sin and death and the devil. So he goes off to make war. In Revelation chapter 13, you'll, you'll see him then enlisting henchmen. So you'll have a beast that comes out of the sea and a beast that comes out of the land. And this will be the world system, the corrupted world system and all the false promises that they give. And the, you could say this way, the attack against the church from the outside. But also the beast out of the lamb, this religious system, attacks and threats from the inside, false teaching, lies, false messiahs, trying to direct us away from the person and work of Jesus. But again, we are victorious. We are the now and not yet. The church triumphant um, in full is yet to come, but we have the promise of this victory right now. We're living out of it. We are fighting. We are the church militant. And verse uh, chapter 14, verse 1 says, I saw and behold the Lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him a number 144,000, having his name and the name of his Father written on their foreheads. So that 144,000 will appear three times in the book of Revelation. It's not meant to be a literal number of only 144,000 will be uh, in the new heaven and the new earth. But again, think of it this way, the 12 tribes of Israel, right? The 12 stars referenced uh, in Revelation chapter 12 uh, with the woman, but also the 12 disciples pro, you know, commissioned to proclaim the gospel. 12 times 12, that's 144. Thousand, always, there's always this idea of 10 times 10 times 10, the wholeness, the completeness, the fullness. So this is the fullness, completeness of the church. Old Testament waiting for the promise of Messiah. New Testament declaring uh, the, the promise has been fulfilled. Jesus has come. He has conquered. He has seen. He knows and he gives us all of his works. We live then out of his righteousness, his, his victory. So Revelation chapter 15, there is this song that is sung. Whose song? It says, well, the song of Moses, the servant of God, the song of the Lamb. And again, remember these cycling themes, creation, 
redemption, sanctification. Think of it this way, you know, Exodus themes as well, the song of Moses. It reads this way, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God the Almighty. Righteous and true are your ways, you, King of the nations. Who wouldn't fear you, Lord, and glorify your name? For you only are holy, for all the nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. Well, that's a book of Revelation uh, word, isn't Revealed. The righteous acts of God are being revealed to us in this final book of the Bible. One last little fun fact, and this is uh, not to overwhelm us with uh, big words, but there is a chiastic structure to the book of Revelation. So fancy word, chiastic. Chiastic just is coming from this Greek letter chi. It looks like an X. It's a sense that there's a literary structure, a kind of poetic, right? So you begin talking about theme A. You go to theme B, theme C, theme D, and then right at the center of that is your main point, theme E, right? Now, you work your way back out then uh, by going to something that's similar on the, on the way out of your uh, literary, um, you know, literary writing. So the D is matched by another D, right, on the way out. C, theme C is talked about, uh, again, on the way, way out. Now, a little example of this is when Jesus says, well, the last will be first. So kind of move your way in. The last will be first, and then you move your way out. And the first will be last. Uh, I did a little study uh, my final year of seminary uh, on the book of Galatians and the chiastic structure that might have uh, been intended there. It looks something like this from Galatians chapter 2. It says, well, we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law. Well, the next little theme, but by faith in Christ Jesus the central point. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus. Now we work our way out that we may be justified by faith in Christ. And then again, back to the kind of the starting point and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. So you make your way in, make your point, make your way out with kind of a similar theme structure to it. Well, you see this in Revelation um, chapters 12, 13, and 14. I'd like to suggest, and this has helped uh, help me from a study from uh, the book of Revelation, a commentary by G.K. Beale. Um, he, he provided this as an option, that the book of Revelation starts with a prologue and it ends with an epilogue. So those are kind of the beginning and end points. It moves its way into the middle through visions. So uh, vision, theme B, would be a vision about the imperfect church, but then you'll see towards the end of the book of Revelation, there's a vision about the perfect church, right? So similar themes, making their way in, making their way out. There's these seven seals, which is judgments on the world. That would be theme C. And then you make your way out, uh, the world's final judgment. And then uh, the seven trumpets on the ungodly. And that's, again, reflected on the way out with the seven bowls. But right in that middle point is the section we're talking about, the war. The war in the, uh, on the earth, but also the war in the heavenlies. But that's the central victory also for us as well. Yes, there's this war in the heavenlies, 
but the Lord Jesus is triumphant. Satan is cast down. We overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. The devil is angry. He makes war against the church. He sends his henchmen, the beast from the sea, the beast from the land. Uh, the land. But we are, uh, we are protected by the blood of the Lamb who sits on the throne, and we have been sealed. The 144,000 have been sealed. So again, it's our little framework, right? Uh, that we are uh, not to be afraid, but rather we are blessed. Yes, we are aware and we are told to beware. We're told to be ready, but we are blessed not to be afraid. Why? Because we belong to Jesus.